You were one of the most talented, capable managers we had in the entire country. You had so much to offer, but you left. Do you mind if I ask why? Hey, it's David, and you're listening to Leadership Without Losing Your Soul, your source for practical leadership inspiration, tools, and strategies you can use to achieve transformational results without sacrificing your humanity or your mind in the process. I have an old friend named Jennifer. She's outgoing and incredibly gifted at making customers feel comfortable. When she was younger, she managed a store for a national women's clothing chain, and she put all those qualities to work there. Her district and regional managers both had tapped her as a high potential, meaning they thought she was on track to become upper management. Then suddenly, with no explanation and no other job, she quit. Her managers were dumbfounded. A few months later, she ran into her district manager at a coffee shop. They chatted for a few minutes, and then he told her, You were one of the most talented, capable managers we had in the entire country. You had so much to offer, but you left. Do you mind if I ask why? It took Jennifer a few moments to recover from the shock, and then she said, I quit because I thought I was failing. I thought you were trying to get rid of me. It turns out that in her time with the company, neither of her managers had ever shared any of the positives with her. Instead, what they'd shared was like a weekly, sometimes daily list of things that either she'd done wrong or fallen short in. After she recovered from her shock a little more, she said, I just wish you'd told me I was talented or capable when I worked for you. Jennifer's managers were the kind of people who think, why should I encourage people when they're just doing their job? Well, here's an answer. How important to you are your top performers? Effective managers offer encouragement, and they're specific about it. When you tell someone that they've done something right, that's how they know they should do it again. When you make them feel appreciated for it, you make them want to do it again. So how do you encourage somebody in a way that both builds the relationship and gets results? There are three steps to becoming an effective encourager. I mean, every leader, you know you should encourage people, at least intellectually you know that, but sometimes it's not as clear how. Well, the first step is to be specific, and you're going to be specific about two things. You want to be specific about both what they did and why it mattered. So for instance, you might say, I really appreciate the extra time you put in with that customer or solving that patient's complaint or resolving that our client's issue. I saw the extra work. And the customer called me and told me what a difference that made to them. Or the patient noted in her comments after she checked out how meaningful that was to her and her family and how much she appreciated it. In these situations, you've been specific about what they did, the extra time, the effort to resolve the situation, and why it mattered. The patient's response, the customer's reaction, they're renewing their account, whatever it is. What did they do? Why did it matter? It's another form of connecting what to why. The second step is you want your encouragement to be meaningful to that individual. Now, thank you always works. Hey, I really appreciate that. Thank you. That never goes out of style, but we can take it to another level. 
what's meaningful to that individual. And this is where you want to get to know your people. So I had a, a guy who worked on my team. His name was Frank. And Frank had played football, professional football. But despite having played professional football, tackling people in front of thousands of screaming fans, Frank did not care for public recognition. If I called Frank up front of a staff meeting and said a round of applause for Frank, Frank, here's your plaque, and I made a big to-do, Frank would kind of turn purple. And he wouldn't talk to me for a week. He hated that kind of public recognition. But if I could privately say, Frank, I really appreciate what you did here. Here's why it mattered. Hey, listen, I know that your son has a soccer game this Friday. Why don't you take off an hour early? I'll cover the rest of your work. Go catch your son's soccer game. Frank, who was all about his kids and his family, that would nearly make him cry, and he would feel very, very seen and appreciated. That was meaningful to him. So what's meaningful to your people? Well, the easiest way to find out is to ask them, how do you like to receive recognition for a job well done? And you might have people say, well, hey, money's always good. And, and of course it is. But what is beyond that? You could acknowledge that. What, what else? Finding out what is meaningful for your folks can be fun. One of my favorite things to do is to take the team to coffee. Or if you can't take them to the coffee, get their orders and, and bring it to them. But the key here is to get the itemized receipt. Because everybody has their favorite drink, their half-calf, no-foam, latte, whatever they're drinking. Get that itemized receipt, write everybody's name next to their favorite drink, and take a picture of it on your phone. Then wait three, four, five, six months later when you want to say thank you to an individual or to the team, and you can get them their favorite drink. And they've forgotten that you ever went. And it's one of those things that feels so good, and it's surprising. Like, how did you know it's pumpkin spice latte. Ah, oh, thank you so much. There's a wide range of things that people find encouraging that are meaningful to them. Sometimes it's, maybe it's their favorite hobby. Maybe it's something that they really enjoy. Maybe it's learning something more about their work. A stretch assignment. Something they wouldn't normally get to do. Sometimes it's that time off. What's meaningful and personal for your people? Finally, your encouragement needs to be relevant. Relevant to the work, to what you want more of. This is critical. There are two mistakes that people make here. The first one is that they will encourage the results, but not how people got them. This looks like if you've ever been at a staff meeting and somebody gets called up front and they're being acknowledged, but everybody in the room is rolling their eyes and texting each other under the table, you know, WTF. That's a situation where somebody got the results, but the way that they got them was not something you wanted to encourage. And you just did. So you want to be careful with that. How did people do it? Encourage both the results and the relationships, the way that they went about it. And then the other mistake is something that happened to me one time. I was in the habit of getting to work early and I was in my office before anybody else had arrived and our CEO got there, throws open my door and says, David, you and your team should be so proud. You guys knocked it out of the park on this project. Really well done. Then he shut the door and he was gone. And I was so upset. Why? Because it wasn't my project. 
His heart was in the right place. He was trying to encourage me for something I had done well, but he didn't know what I was doing. And that was disheartening. Part of the reason that encouragement is so effective is because people feel seen. They feel appreciated. They know that what they're doing is making a difference. And so you want to make sure that you are both seeing your people, knowing what they're doing and, and accurately being able to talk about that, and making sure that you're paying attention to how they're doing what they're doing. And those are the things that you want to encourage. So when you're encouraging somebody for results and relationships, make sure it's specific, what they did, why it mattered, it's meaningful to the people or person that you're encouraging, and that it's relevant, relevant to what you want more of, both in what they did and how they did it. We've come to the part of the show where it's time to answer a question from a listener. I would love to answer your leadership or management related question or a question you have about any previous episode. You can send that question in in one of two ways. Either email me, david.die, D-Y-E, at letsgrowleaders.com, or you can go to leadershipwithoutlosingyoursoul.com, and you'll see a big orange button. Click that button, and you can record your question. Leave us your name, tell us where you're from, and share your management or leadership-related question, and we'll use it in a future episode. Today's question comes from Andrea, and she's writing with regard to last episode, where we interviewed Dr. Kathleen Allen about leading from the roots and nature-inspired leadership lessons. Andrea writes, David, I found Dr. Allen's work to be inspiring, but also I am struggling with how do I apply this where I work? I can't really go to my boss or my team and talk to them about growing change or how people should lead according to nature, but I really want to use these lessons. Do you have any suggestions? Andrea, thanks for the question. And whether you're trying to lead with some of those nature-related leadership principles or you're trying to implement winning well or just be a good leader in an environment that doesn't feel like it's supporting it, that's a, a bigger question. And we're going to actually do an episode on that in the future in a couple of weeks. But for now, a little preview, uh, two things. One is focus on creating what we call that cultural oasis that place where people can come to you and to your team to be nourished, refreshed, led in a healthy way that helps them to grow, that releases their energy. If you haven't listened to that episode, Leading from the Roots, Dr. Allen shares 10 or 12 different questions you can ask yourself that will help you to lead more effectively. You know, so when you're talking about inspiring change, she says, ask yourself, what is the smallest thing I can do that's going to create an environment that releases positive change, the change that's happening anyway, recognizing that change is a part of every system. It's going to happen because in living systems, things change. So how can we release that in a positive way? So you start asking yourself questions like that. That's something you can do no matter what your leaders say. You don't have to tell anybody about where you're learning it from or how you're going about it. You take responsibility for yourself and how you treat people, create that cultural oasis, that pocket of leadership excellence, get the results that you need to achieve, and that buys you freedom to do the other things that you'd like to do as a leader. Andrea, thanks for the question. 
I look forward to answering your question on a future episode. Remember that people need encouragement, whether they're new to their role or whether they're a high potential top performer. Everyone needs to be seen. Everyone thrives with encouragement. Make sure that encouragement is specific, meaningful, and relevant. Until next time, be the leader you'd want your boss to be. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.